0: This is the episode where Caleb says things and Megan agrees. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Right. We've got the supporter, the ultimate supporter, whatever you say. She just agrees. Yes. This could be like a therapy session that we just put somebody on the podcast. And you just let them talk and, and tell things. them you just affirm everything they say.
1: They figure out their own problem. Thank you.
0: <laughs> <sighs> oh.
1: It's <laughs> kind of what you guys did to me when I came to Hawaii. You're like, "How do you feel about that?" and I'm like, "Da da da." You're like, "How do you feel about that?" And I'm like, "You're right."
0: <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so right. How <laughs> did <do> you know? <laughs>
1: So I think most misleading information that has been used for an industry has some truth to it or like comes from truth and then is twisted. So one example would be um, you can't lose weight without a calorie deficit, which you can't, but a calorie deficit is not always the same thing as just cutting out an arbitrary number of calories, especially if your metabolism is like downregulated. I think one of the myths that's relevant to this would be, um, because a lot of people are now talking more and more about educating people on metabolism and macros and all that stuff. There are a lot of people that believe that their metabolism is like damaged or they've fucked it up to a level where they're in starvation mode and they can't lose weight and they need this secret or they need this coach to help them fix it because they've fucked it up. Um, and I think it's interesting because we, we construct starvation mode and like metabolic downregulation as though it's like a really abnormal thing. Um, and I think it's, it's abnormal to the level that we take it. Like we shouldn't take it that far by dieting so hard. But the, the fact is that the thing itself is a natural part of any human body, right? Anytime you diet, your metabolism will always downregulate. It's normal. Anytime you diet, you will always plateau as a result of this down regulation, you know, making the the calories you're eating are now your maintenance level instead of deficit. That will always happen. So down regulation of the metabolism is perfectly normal. Plateauing is perfectly normal. Um, It's your body just adapting to living on fewer calories so that you don't enter some kind of whatever we like to call starvation mode. So I think starvation mode as a term is misleading. Technically, it refers to metabolic downregulation, but it's not bad in an essence. It's just something that you need to know how to deal with. Um, And when we diet hard for long periods of time, we aren't dealing with it. Um, And so we think we can't lose weight or we can't see results when all we really need to do is understand, like, how to implement a diet and how to implement, like, not a diet. (laughs) Like, they need to be relative to each other, I think.
0: And I think it's um, a really good point because you get what you've trained your body to do. That's what a plateau is, is I've been doing this thing, I've been doing this thing. So if you're plateauing during starvation and you don't have the body you want, that's because you've been treating your body like shit for so long mm-hmm. that it doesn't know. It's trying to keep you in that stasis, That's what homeostasis is right. Got to keep you there. I think there's a huge, I think what you're saying is exactly right. I mean, obviously there's a better way that people can do dieting that doesn't involve all the misconceptions surrounded by it. I mean, it's much throughout the industry that it's just nonstop. But what do you think the, what were you saying about reverse dieting before we started recording?
1: Um, Well, I think so the industry markets dieting, right? But it doesn't market reverse dieting because that doesn't directly cause weight loss. It, it indirectly causes weight loss by allowing you to create a calorie deficit from a healthy place metabolically. But because it's not instantly gratifying, the industry itself doesn't market it. And whatever the industry doesn't market, we just don't know really exists because there is no educational system that is going to perpetuate our mind, like, or is going to um, infiltrate our minds more than an industry will. That's just the way it is. So we know about dieting, which is 50% of the equation, but we don't know about reverse dieting. There's not a person in the world that doesn't know what a diet is, but 15 women have asked me only today, what is a reverse diet? And see, you can't have a diet without a reverse diet because it won't work. Um, it's like light and dark or night and day or up and down. They're always relative your diet is only going to be effective if you're coming from a metabolically healthy place and you're only going to be in a metabolically healthy place. If, number one, you've never dieted in your life, or number two, you have dieted, but you've reverse dieted back to a point where your metabolism is able to like benefit from a calorie deficit again. Um, so I think weight loss, you know, it's sold in eight or 12 week packages. It's sold in eight week shreds. It's sold in periods of time, but there's no indication after that period of time is over of what you should do to one, maintain the weight loss or two, continue losing weight long-term if you want to lose more. Um, So like maintaining weight loss, if you want to not like, number one, If you're losing weight on 1500 calories, by the time you get to your goal weight, one of two things is gonna happen. You're gonna plateau to where even if you continue eating that much, you're gonna slowly gain that weight back even if you're totally consistent. Number two, you do get tired of it and you don't maintain eating 1500 calories because frankly you're sick of dieting and you fall off the wagon. And you're in a place where you're more susceptible to gaining weight more quickly because of the down regulation of your metabolism from the diet. So, you still need to reverse diet your metabolism back up to a maintainable place, even if you don't want to continue losing weight. Just to maintain your weight, you should still reverse diet. But if you're then someone who has a larger amount of weight to lose, like 50 to 100 pounds, which realistically is an amount of weight that you can't and shouldn't lose in one single dieting phase, then the point is you probably should do two or three dieting phases to where you spend like 12 to 16 weeks cutting, you reverse diet. Maybe you lose 15 pounds and then you gain two and you lose 10 more and then you gain three and then you lose 10 more and then you gain one. Like the whole point is it's not linear. You might gain a little bit of weight while reversing, but it, lo- it allows you in the long run to continue losing, which you don't do if you spend a year eating 1200 calories, right? Agreed. Um, so- and I think weight loss is sold in periods of like dieting phases, but the larger picture like, isn't being told, right? Like, yeah, an 8- to 12-week period of time is a good cutting phase, but there's no information on, like, what you should be doing outside of that dieting phase.
0: So, agreed, 100%. It's all, um, I mean, when you put it on a graph, you can see it exactly how it is, which is up and down, up and down. And it's, yes, the trend line, like in charts, the trend line is going up, where it's going down, but in that there's up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. And so it's that progressive learning. It's cutting and it's bulking, it's cutting and it's bulking. It's You know, that process. It's very difficult to just be like, oh, I'm in pristine shape the entire time because you always plateau when you do that. It doesn't right. work. Um, and of course, I mean, the more that you can learn that and be happy with the wins and deal with the losses or you know when you get thicker or whatever it is i mean then you're just happier throughout the whole process and then you get placebo from the whole process because you're understanding that it is a trend line not just a up or down process
1: so what do you think about like the terminology of cutting and bulking for like average people right because i think People who are bodybuilders and they want to put on significant size, like they're very used to like being thicker and gaining weight. But the truth is like you can use the same principles even if you don't want to like gain a significant amount. Like what do you think about, what what information would you want like the average person to know who like needs to reverse diet but like is afraid of gaining weight because they think a bulk always has to be about gaining weight.
0: Wait, phrase that question um, more simply for me.
1: Do you think the terminology like bulking and cutting causes some people to be fearful of like going into a reverse diet because they don't know that a reverse diet can be done moderately with like minimal to no weight gain. It doesn't have to be for the purpose of bulking up.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a very boxing question. You know the answer to that. Obviously, it doesn't have to be an aggressive an aggressive thing the terminology bulking and cutting is used for i would think most of the time for bulkier guys for men nice. in general i don't think a lot of women like using the terms bulking cutting and the ones that do are powerlifters or people who have significant desire towards building really really strong physiques, really really vascular physiques um
1: yeah i guess i was meaning like have you spoken to any women to compare my experiences right who kind of see it as black and white and are, like, afraid of that concept.
0: Of the bulking and cutting? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and even without them using the terms bulking and cutting, they think, oh, I can't do squats. I don't want my legs to get big. And I'm like, I really wish it was that easy that I was like, oh, I'm going to do squats and my legs will get big. Done. You know what I mean?
1: You're, like, trying to get big legs. Like, fuck off. It's not (laughs) that (laughs)
0: Yeah. there's no, And so I have to like take them through the process. And that's also difficult because those are the clients that you have to like teach them so much about the process because they know very little. They think, oh, if I lift weights, I'll get bulky. It's like, well, lifting weights is just adding additional weight to your workouts, whether you're doing endurance workouts, whether you're doing strength, whether you're doing bulking, all of that stuff is related to the diet, to the rep count, to the specific exercises. Like there's so many different factors. And they think simply associating weight training is like that whole bulking part of the thing where it's like well I'm cutting and I still go to the gym so
1: right, right.
0: It, it doesn't have to do with that it has to do with the diet and the techniques and tools so um, and that whole process is hard because after after they're like oh am I not am I going to get big focus am I going to get big <laughs> <laughs> just put it away put it it's away
1: like- and I just
0: look around. Oh, you're so full of it, but that's okay. Oh, my phone's over here. Oh, okay. So, um, so, yeah, that's the funny part is with those clients, they're like, oh, I don't want to get ripped. I don't want to get huge in the gym. They're like, well, you're not. And then you have to tell them, well, that's a really long process if you do want to get huge. And then it's like going through the whole cycle again. Like their misconception was I have to put in, a little bit of work to get big and all I have to do is start lifting weights and I'll just get big one day.
1: Right. But it's not even about lifting weights either, right? Like that's the thing. It's all diet, really. All diet, yeah. Like if you lift weights and you're in a calorie deficit, you will get physically smaller, but you'll look better if you lift weights and you're at a maintenance level, you will probably still get physically smaller because you're gaining muscle and losing fat, but you'll look better. If you are lifting weights and you're in a surplus, you might stay the same size and gain muscle. If you're in a high surplus, you might start to, you know, get what you might call bulk. But I think that's what people, I think people are thinking of it in a very black and white way, right? They're either, it's either I'm doing seven days a week of cardio, I'm lifting like lightweight, high high reps, and I'm eating 1200 calories, or I'm going straight to 3000 calories. I'm not doing any cardio and I'm just lifting weights. And I think that's where the fear is, is that people don't understand that like smaller, more moderate changes, even like 100 to 200 calories or like 25 grams of carbs at a time. Like those things make differences. You don't have to be all in on one or the other, and that's where recomp comes in too. Like you can build muscle, lose fat at the same time, theoretically, without even dieting, without even being in a deficit, just eating at a at a maintenance level. Um, I think people just think it has to be so much more. What's the word? Extreme than it, than it does. You know, being hard work and being extreme aren't the same thing.
0: I think that um, I agree with most of that. I, you were saying uh, just like two sentences ago about maintaining. And yeah, I think you can maintain without having obviously bulk and then cut. But I think on some level, when you're gaining, when you're building, when you're going up, no matter what, you're doing bulk, cut, bulk, cut at least in a small degree. Whether it's the actual bulk thing, those terms I still think apply to dieting and reverse dieting. Um, For
1: sure. Um, And like I think the general rule scientifically, right, is that recomp, in other words, losing fat and gaining muscle simultaneously is easier and usually only really possible if you're like in your first couple of months or like a year or two of lifting.
0: Um,
1: As you get more advanced, in order to continue putting on muscle size past the point you've already put on, it does require you to put more into a bulk. Um, But I think generally because most women, for most like females who have goals, average females, recomp is like enough for them. And that's why, like, generally dudes are the ones who are going to go into more of a bulking phase because, like, they want to put on a significant amount of mass. Like, if you want to put a significant amount of mass on, you simply have to gain more fat with it. If you just want to look – if you if you just want muscle definition, you don't have to do that. You just have to know how to balance the two. Um, but, But, yeah, I mean, there are some women, though, who are just, like – they really just want to be, they want to have more muscle. They're just naturally really small and they simply don't look lean until they're skinnier than they want to be. Um, and explaining to them that that's a process, whereas you're going to have to sacrifice, right? Like, like weight loss right now to, to let yourself build a little, that can be like a hard conversation for sure. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's all it's all sacrifices at that point too, and I think most of them are okay with it if they obviously there's that trust factor with their coach or whoever. It's just a process of you got to kind of accept the bad with the good. Like, yeah, put it this way: you're already in bad, so whatever we you're do,
1: happy. Yeah. yeah, you're already
0: at the unhappy level. Anything below this, it doesn't really get much unhappier, especially if you know that the process is going to come back up, it's going to be fun again, that you're going to look great again, all that stuff. It's just, you know, that sacrifice. Um, But
1: yeah, I think part of it too is like a misconception of like when you're gaining muscle, your metabolism is going up. So as so long as you're not also raising calories, a lot of people, they don't even gain that much body fat or they gain it and they quickly lose it. And they kind of maintain a similar body fat percentage while they're just gaining muscle, especially if they're a beginner. And then simultaneously, like the more muscle you have on your body, the leaner that you look with a higher body fat percentage. So I think especially women have the wrong idea about like what weight gain will look like on them. But like weight gain when you're lifting weights and eating in like a controlled surplus looks way different than like weight gain in quarantine eating chips in bed. And I think a ton of women don't even know that they feel better 20 pounds heavier than they are now even that's a lot doesn't even have to be that much weight um i just think like we have this misconception of like to get bigger always feels worse and there's so many women i've worked with that are like i've never felt this good and i just gained like five pounds like it's just like a it's a it's totally a mental thing
0: i am um currently at my happiest feeling good now i'm stepping into the slightly more discomfort zone where i add weight on again which is a pain. I'm happy eating like three meals a day. I'm totally happy doing that. Eating five or six meals a day, I'm not. It's not the most for me, I'll admit. Um, but another interesting thing, uh, one of the guys that's in my challenge right now reached out to me and was asking me about oh this and this. And he said he's six four, I believe. So he's almost my height. I'm six six, so he's six four, and he's at, I don't remember what his weight was, but he's underweight. Sure, Um, he's at his natural body weight, which is really lean, looks like I did before I started lifting. Um, And he's like, "Well, I don't want to track my calories." I'm like, "Okay, you don't have to like track them, but we need to know what you're like. We need to have like a list of foods that you have to consume throughout the day. And then if you want to eat more than that or a little bit less than that, it's fine because we'll know like the generalized thing. But for you to be like, "Well, I want to put on 20 pounds," and we're not calculating we're putting in there is first off where's your commitment level at second off you're vegan so we're gonna have to change quite a few things that you're eating in order to really narrow down those macros and three he's also intermittent fasting so every every single bit of weight that he could potentially put on is getting destroyed by the intermittent fasting anyway so so he reached out to me and i'm like so was the weekend you got to eat probably honestly man you're probably going to need to eat at least a thousand calories more than what you're eating because i'm not coaching him right now so it's just like we're doing the challenge so it's free i'm like just start eating more food than what you're eating and you need to tell me what you think the macros are that you're eating so i can at least give you because all of this is pointless if you don't get the right amount of protein
1: right it's just
0: it's just not going to work that way and so he tells me he's intermittent fasting and he texts me i've been eating so much over the weekend i like, okay, cool. He's like, I've been eating so much every two hours. I'm like, intermittent fasting, okay, that means 16 hours. So every two hours would mean you have eight hours left in the day. So you're saying you eat like a bunch every two hours, which would be four times. And for what you're trying to achieve, it's – I mean, those meals have to be pretty substantial if you're trying to get up there. so um, It's that whole misconception of – I need to lift weights, which is, no, you, you, you can lift weights, but what you need to do is you need We'll get to the weights later. Like, yeah, right now.
1: well, and I think that's a classic example as well of like one of the biggest, like in, in this, like relativity between, you know, dieting, reverse dieting, cutting, bulking, whatever you want to call it. There's this classic case of like decide what the fuck you want, right? Like, you talk to people all the time who they really want more muscle and they're like, I know I can't look lean until I have more muscle. They do a bulk phase for like two days and then they're like, oh my God, I want to lean out again because I'm so uncomfortable or this or that. Or, you know, they have all these factors whereas they want to gain a lot of muscle, but they, you know, they're on keto because they want to be lean while they eat muscle or they're on like, is he on intermittent fasting because it's a lifestyle choice or? is it like a weight loss thing? Cause that just makes no sense. Right. Um, so I think that's the question too, especially with women, a lot of them want to put size on in like their glutes. That's like probably the biggest, the biggest example. The truth is like you will not grow muscle in your glutes or your legs. If you are simply not eating enough <sighs> on, some, like on some level, it's going to be a sacrifice, right? Like if you want to have like delt separation more power to you, but you're not going to have that and an ass (laughs) if you're working at them at the same time, right? You've got to decide like which one you want to do first. So I get so many questions about like, wow, you have such a nice natural figure. Like how did you build this? And like, I never had a figure, but I committed to like making, I, I committed to that process even when it was uncomfortable. And I learned to like love every piece of it because What I have now, even when I'm lean, is a result of what I worked on, like, when I wasn't lean, right? And, like, I think that's such a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow, but it's frustrating for people who have been doing this for years to hear from people that they wish they had a a great figure, and you're like, I used to say the same thing. Like, you have to make yourself, it's just like anything, right? Like, you have to do what's
0: scary. And. And even for you specifically, you had, you had to learn to be happy at your big size. There was yeah. no, like you got there and you're like, man, this fucking sucks. No, you were at your big size for a period of time. And I knew you before you got to the, that point. And you were this. I think you were happy. You're really happy when you're your largest size anyways, because you learn to accept the process. And you're like, if I want to thin out, I can thin out. But right now, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to fucking love it and appreciate it a hundred percent. And that's I think that by far is one of the greatest values that you can teach any of the clients. Is yeah. Enjoy the process all the way through.
1: And like I had my moments, right? But there's always – it's just like anything in life. It's a catch-22. It's like, wow, my ass is like looks great right now, but my arms feel huge. And then when I like my arms, I'm like, my ass is disappearing. It's like you, you never – are satisfied, right? You're always going to have goals that, you know, even when you reach the goals you have now, you're going to have more. That's the way it is. So you better learn to like where you are right now because it's never going to be where you want to be ever. Um, And like, that's something that I just learned the hard way. But that's the funny thing too, is it's like, there's so much fear before, and that was, this is becoming a mindset talk, but there's so much fear, like before you put the work in to do something that once you're actually there, you realize like, your happiness doesn't depend on any of those things. And there's quite possibly so many other things in your life that make this a better time than before. Like I've been shredded and I've felt not shredded at all. And like, I felt kind of chunky, but like I was fat and happy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: You're fappy. You're fappy.
1: I was never fat. fat by like anyone's standards, but like, I know what it is to come from like it's been gradual, right? But like I have been like 85 pounds and I've been like 160. Like that's a big change. And to, to, to know that I was so much happier in a place that was like so far beyond what I ever thought was even like reasonable for me is just like it's all arbitrary. None of it matters. You're always doing something now to get somewhere better. So as long as you know that. You can really do anything. Um, and also like chocolate to pancakes four days a week is a great life.
0: I agree with you. It's like rice cakes and I do waffles. Pancakes are cool, but waffles. Yeah. I had those in- the protein I- waffles that you throw in the toaster. Oh my God. But this, this philosophy is not about food. Um, <laughs> oh, another one. This is a fun one. This one I get all the time. I want to keep my boobs, but I want to thin the rest of me out.
1: Um, <laughs> I just like when people say that, I'm just like, yo, more parts to you, but I never had them. So what is it like? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean when you lose body fat anywhere, you lose body fat everywhere. That's just the case. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so to me, like, I understand wanting to have foods, I guess. Um, but I kind of feel like if...
0: It's the, like same, if it's, the same, it's the same sacrifice with the arms versus the ass, in a sense. Right. right. I want the arms to be thinner. But I want to keep my ass. It's well, like, and
1: I think it, it depends on, like, where you're at, too. Like, if you're overweight to the point of, like, having health issues that means that like a good portion of your breast tissue is just a result of being overweight. And like, that's not weight that you should want on your body anyway, Um, which might sound judgmental, but like your health always comes first. Right. Um, Now, if it's not that, I guess all I can say is like lifting makes a difference too. Right. Like do some chest exercises. Don't be afraid of them. You, you won't have the same amount of like fat tissue but what you do have will be more lifted and like, it'll look better anyway. Um,
0: It'll feel better too. I'm sure.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. It's just one of those things that it's really interesting. Like I think a lot of women think that like reaching their fitness goals is going to like defeminize them. I don't know if that's even a word, but it's like all in how you define like what that means to you. Right. And I think that's going to run back into what we talked about before about like being, happy where you are like where do you find like that like feminine energy that makes you feel sexy and like where does it come from like because it, it it's all it's all like your definition right no I'm serious like I think that's why women are afraid to like bulk up that's why they're afraid to like gain weight in general that's why they're afraid to do anything but they need to decide what they want because they want what's on the other side of that right so it's like what do you want <laughs>
0: What do you want? What's your first goal, and what is that goal going to change into once you get it? Yeah, because they'll get the results. A lot of them will get the results much quicker than they think. They'd be like, "Wow, I got what I was talking about originally," and I'm not happy. So then they set a new goal, and they do the same thing. You know, it's cyclical, and you have to learn. At some point, you're like, "Okay, I really, I did help it a little bit. I did get more fulfillment out of my life a little bit by getting here, but now that I know." that this is not where I'm getting my fulfillment. I'm a little bit more almost enlightened in a sense towards it's not just about my body. It's really about how I feel about my body or how I perceive my body.
1: Right. And I think that's the truth too, is like the more that you go through that process and you realize that you always want something more. I think that's what it is, right? Like it takes experience to know that I can tell somebody all they want, all I want that it's not about your body, but they're not going to know that until they've been through it like six or seven times. Um, And that's why that, and then going back to the science of reverse dieting and all of that, you need to have periods of time where you're not dieting in order to make your diets effective. And it's easier to face that reality. If you already know mentally that like, it doesn't matter because it's part of that process of getting somewhere better. And, reverse dieting doesn't have to mean that you get fat. (laughs) If it's done strategically, it means you could stay where you are and raise your metabolism. It just means that you won't necessarily lean out right now. Mm -hmm. I just talked to so many people, men and women, right? They've been in a calorie deficit for like years or several months and they don't understand why they can't lose weight. And I'm like, you left a light on in your house for two years. The bulb is out. (laughs) Like, there's no darkness, right? There's no, like, it, you can't keep flying upwards forever. It doesn't make any sense. You've got to have that relativity, and that works with everything. Um,
0: yeah, so. so down to, like, a philosophical level, I was thinking that. There's a new um, audio book I'm going through. I love my personal progression audiobooks, but this one, this one's really good. It's called um, Transurfing. And you'll have to check it out. It's really good. Um, You will. It's eight hours of fucking awesomeness. But I'm absolutely obsessed with the concept of, you know, there are times where I'm rich. There's times where I'm poor. I've gone from making a ton of money to making no money. I've gone from being unhappy where I made a ton of money to happy, make a lot less money. It's so interesting to go through the process. But at some point, I think I'll be on uh, almost in alignment where you know, I'm making a ton of money and I'm very happy with myself and I feel fulfilled, and all this different stuff. But we set goals in our minds. The goal is a comfort and comfort is with comfort without hard work is laziness. And there's this thing that we think we're going to get to that point and I'm going to be so satisfied. And I, you know, you picture yourself in the future, like I'm sitting in my nice house and I, I don't have to do anything. It's so comfortable. And it's like, that does not sound fucking nice at all. If you really think about it, when you're sitting in your house right now, you're like, man, I wish I was doing this, 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 this. this. I wish I had this, this, this. And it's going to be the same thing when you get there. And that's the weird thing about manifestation is that's what it's talking about when it says, be happy where you are right now. Be grateful for what you have right now. And then, and only then are you going to be able to get to the next level. You're going to chase something that doesn't fucking exist, this perfectionism that doesn't Mm -hmm. even – it's not even real.
1: And I think that's so interesting too because that's like an analogy for the way nature works like in all aspects, right? Like the nature of your metabolism, the nature of your body is going to be this like back and forth. Even if you're dieting or you're bulking or you're dieting or you're reverse dieting, like you're always going to be – the grass is always greener. Like it, it, it runs through everything but it's also like a cool analogy to think as well. Like you said, sometimes I'm making a lot of money and sometimes I'm not. Like if you get to that point where you're hustling your ass off and you're working 16 hours a day and you're making a ton of money because you're trying to build something, something that will last, that's a really good thing, but that's a period of time. And you know that you can't continue to be working at that level. And that's what dieting is, right? You get to a certain point of success, but you're going to lose it all unless you reverse in the other direction. Either, you know, you take a rest period to where, again, you're increasing calories and whatever. That doesn't mean that you lose everything that you've gained during that time. It means that you've learned how to find a way to moderate things so that if you ever find that you are happy settling somewhere in the middle, you found a way to maintain it, right? Mm-hmm. So like. I think life is always a back and forth, and we're never satisfied. But there are certain areas of life where we go back and forth for a while, and at some point in life, we decide that we're really okay settling in a certain place and that we're comfortable there. And I think for a lot of people, that's weight, right? Or like level of leanness, but you're not going to be able to maintain that until you've leveled that equilibrium of the relativity, right? So if you're still dieting hard, you're going to gradually gain the weight back, or not so gradually, because you're just going to lose control. So that's where. You lose the weight reverse dieting is like even if you're not trying to bulk up and you just want to maintain what you lost like you're moving back into equilibrium and that's the same with business that's the same with life with relationships with everything there's a level of intensity that it takes to get to a certain point and then once you're there you have to level off if you want to stay there right
0: yep. Yep.
1: so yeah. it's like it runs through everything and we're able to recognize that for so many things in life but when it comes to fitness We just think more work, harder work is always better. And time and time again, we've been proven wrong. And we still do it.
0: (laughs) I I mean, the concept of a rest day is for some reason difficult for a lot of people who are in the community. And people who haven't gotten into the community are afraid that they're going to have to commit everything to it. And it's like, no, you, like, I put it in your schedule that you're taking this time off. I put it in your schedule that you get to eat a trash food for this meal yeah. like, like you that you need that for your body to burn that off for it to be comfortable for it to be able to recognize and get back into the cycle again and right. and, and it's the concept of you know you said it before it's black and white it's okay either i'm like working really hard and it sucks or i'm not working at all and it's like no you're working hard and you're taking a little bit of time off you're working hard a little time off until you get to that certain point where it's like okay i've gotten where i want to now I can enjoy like a day off and I don't have to worry about my body. And if I want to change it, then I can jump in the gym, do some extra stuff. That sort of thing. It's it's like, its like building a car. And then once you've built the car, then it's like, now I get to wash the car and wax it rather than, okay, now I'm putting in the fucking tires, putting in the engine, taking the engine apart. Like, no, you have the car now. Now take care of the car off and on here and there. It's Sunday, relax, wash the damn thing.
1: Well, yeah, this is like I did a video on this last week. I was basically like moderate consistency will always be better than extreme inconsistency so if you're taking things to the extreme to where you can't maintain them you're not working you're not it's not working anyway you're binging, you're taking three days of rest in a row because you can't handle it um, and when I say moderate, I don't mean not intense, not difficult. People think moderation is like um Oh, moderation like isn't working hard enough. I'm like, no, that's not what I mean by moderation. Moderation is working hella hard, but doing it all strategically to where this is another relative dichotomy, right? You can't have dieting without reverse dieting. You cannot have working out without rest. You don't benefit from it without the rest. It's it's always a 50-50 split. So it's just um, – and 50-50 more conceptually than like days of the week or whatever, um, of course. But – it's just funny. We're always tipping things out of balance. And if you want to change something about your life or about your body, you have to tip equilibrium out of balance to push it in another direction. But you can't tip it so far that you fall flat on your face. So my little analogy for this has been like, it's 90 degrees. You want to tip to like 45 to where you're like that salt container on the dining like the, the diner table where you like balance it at 45 and it's like, that's that like perfect balance where you're moving in a new direction, but you're not falling down. And I think everybody is just always falling down because it's all or nothing. And that's a really good indication about like where our minds are at with dieting and reverse dieting too. It's like, that's the mentality that runs through everything that we do. Um, and it doesn't serve us.
0: It's very funny because um, you can look at the mathematics of momentum and you can have, for example, they have a a marble here and they have a platform and the time it takes it to get down to the end of the platform is measured, right? Let go of the marble here. It goes down. It takes whatever 0.5 seconds. Now, if you have another wood plank next to it, it has the same distance from point A to point B, but it goes in an arcing motion. This one will get to the end quicker than the one that's a straight line. Mm. So, point being, the shortest, the quickest distance between two points is not the shortest, but it is the one that has momentum and has curve and has movement up and down and all this sort of stuff. So, Mm. it's, I mean, even down on, like, a physics level. That's the way that we're designed. We're just much more complex versions of that process.
1: Well, and that's, it's similar to, like... (laughs) I kind of made this little thing in my group it was like the lower you go the faster you plateau it's like any time that you're you're going to an extreme with diet you just speed up the process of plateauing to where if you had only cut out as many calories as you needed to see a little bit of weight loss at a time like technically it would it would feel like a more gradual process but because you're plateauing slower and you don't have to reverse diet as soon at the end of the day you actually you elongate the period of time that you could be losing for and you lose more and more quickly by going slower which is so counterintuitive to people but it's not because when you plateau and then binge and then gain it back that's one scenario in which it doesn't work the second thing is maybe you are successfully Im- implementing a reverse diet but like that takes time and then it takes time before you can continue to lose so you want to be maximizing the amount of result that you can see in every dieting phase, you want to actually be doing only as much as is necessary, which is the minimal effective dose is what that's called. Um, which like, you don't just take six ibuprofen as soon as you have a headache, right? You take one and you're like, how do I feel? We should be doing that with like calories and exercise too, but we don't.
0: Yeah, and that's why, I mean, that's right there. You hit it on the fucking head. That's exactly why everybody hates diets. That's why everybody hates eating clean, everything. Whereas eating clean is the most pleasurable thing that I can talk about. Eating whole food instead of processed foods feels so good. When I eat a processed food, I'm like, yeah, I'm going (laughs) to eat that tomorrow. I'm going to feel that.
1: I get, like, hungover. Like, I don't get that hungover from alcohol, but, like, food, I'll get, like, hungover from, like, bad food oh yeah it's like
0: (laughs) yeah I mean it's true like when I drink alcohol drinking alcohol with soda for example versus straight alcohol I will just gladly take the straight alcohol because the soda has so much sugar that when I drink it it's like
1: (sighs) physically like ill
0: yeah Yeah. so I mean I think all in all it's this podcast ends up being about not just reverse dieting and regular dieting. It's more about finding balance and Mm. finding progressive, you know, it's like the concept of progressive overload. It's progressive dieting. It's progressive training. It's, you know, you start with one small habit and once you've gotten that habit, then you can put two on, but Hey, let's do a diet. I'm going to take out all the food that you love to eat and just start shoving in whole foods instead and reduce your calories to 500 like holy shit you right. hate <laughs>
1: <dieting>. <laughs> and also to reiterate like 12 weeks is not progressive so like I work with a lot of women that want to gain muscle and lean out and like after two weeks they're like I'm just so discouraged I'm like dude I've been doing this for seven years and I'm not satisfied you've got to see this as a pro like this 12 weeks is for you to learn how to do this, not to have everything you've ever wanted thrown at you in 12 weeks. It's just like, where do we get that from? It's very frustrating.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I feel you on that. Um, It's, it's hard too because I think we've touched on this before. Actually, one of our previous episodes is in the first week, they'll see results and they'll be like, this is indicative of the entire rest of my life. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Or like with progressive overload, right? Same deal. Like, oh, I don't get it. The first three weeks I kept increasing my squat and this week I'm not. What's wrong with me? And I'm like, so when you first start, you're learning how strong you were. It's a mental limit, not a physical one. You didn't actually gain 20 pounds more on your squat every week in one week. Now you're squatting what you're actually capable of and it's going to take a while to build the muscle to get past that point. And they're like, oh, I'm like, you really think I wouldn't be bored after seven years of this if it worked that quickly? (laughs) Like, why would I still be squatting? I would be squatting to the moon at this point.
0: Like,
1: it's just, and it wouldn't be as satisfying, right? Because it would be too easy. It's like, that's not even fun.
0: (laughs) And the biggest names in, in the actual fitness community, yes, they work out really hard, but they make sure that they take the biggest rest. Oh, they
1: rest so hard. 90%
0: of the supplements they take is about recovery, not about pushing more weight in the gym. Although there is that whole steroid stigma that's out there that, I mean, when you get to that level, sure, you wanna be able to push harder in the gym, but steroids help you recover. That is the goal of the steroids, is to recover faster. Right,
1: Right. that's literally people think, steroids just grow muscle. I'm like, no, the reason they do is because they accelerate recovery. So like, what grows muscles? Recovery. Like don't I, I, I always see these like sometimes I run into dudes at the gym and they're like how many days a week you work out as if like they think I'm going to tell them I can work out like 15 days a week because I like am strong I guess and I'm like five you know four or five and they're like what I yes. never I, seven days a week seven days a week and I'm like no one. They're never the fittest dudes in the gym, ever. The fittest dudes in the gym are, like, eating pizza on Sunday, like, I'll get back in there tomorrow, and I'm like, see ya. Like, it's – they're never the fittest dudes. They're, like, the ones who are, like, semi-fit but just look overworked. Or they work and then they eat, like, shit. And I'm like, take a fucking rest day and, like, actually focus on implementing good nutrition. And, like, that's it. (laughs) You're fine. (laughs)
0: My, my favorite day in the gym. God, I really miss the gym. Oh, man, I'm feeling it right now.
1: I no, I'm like, I miss all those dudes in the gym now. Like, I miss the unwarranted looks and stares and comments. I almost miss them.
0: Oh, <laughs> man. I just lived having a barbell in my hands. A barbell of any kind in my hands is oh, like...
1: not one of those.
0: Yeah. So, um, oh, my favorite day in the gym is after I've had two days of rest. And then lift, and you're like, "Wow, I'm pushing the entire universe with my hands right now." It's like,
1: (laughs) no, but people have no idea. I talk like I ran a challenge a week or two ago, and I swear it was like every 400 people in this group, mostly women. Every single woman was like, "Wow, I never thought about eat. I never, I never thought about fueling up before a workout before." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" This is the time of day where you're challenging your body the most. They're like, I've literally never thought about eating carbs before a workout before. And they do it. And they're like, oh my God, I'm so much stronger than I thought. Not only that, but I've had women think they're anemic. They're taking magnesium for all this shit. As soon as they start eating enough food, like a lot of times carbs, all of that goes away. And they're like, I thought I had these health problems. I'm like, no, you were just like literally not eating enough for a human. Like it's it's that bad. That's how bad this industry is affecting us. There are people literally not eating enough to where they think they're ill. Like it's so sad.
0: Really. And, and it would be it would be much better. So they think that well, first off, people think fasting is bad.
1: <laughs> or they think they think fasting is what causes weight loss.
0: Oh, uh, okay. And so well, it's, Misconceptions of fasting, but well, first off, that but yes, it, what's that?
1: I'm saying, like, if you eat 4,000 calories worth of pizza in your eight hour window, it won't make a difference, is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I it's just like you know, the misconceptions around the whole thing, like, fasting is super good, like, if we just shifted them doing like you say, they have all these health problems, if they shifted their eating window to a smaller window, some of those health issues would just be gone like that, because they're eating the right amount in a certain amount of time that their body can actually use the fucking energy. But when they're eating 150 calories six times a day, it's like you don't even give your body the fasting, which is like the rest cycle almost for your body, and then the other thing. So it's
1: I just think people, I just, I wish people would look at fasting for like all of the benefits it provides that like aren't weight loss, right? Because I think the problem is that we're looking at fasting as a way to lose weight because that's like our biggest focus. And
0: we were- The lowest caloric intake.
1: <laughs> right. Like it's about a calorie deficit, whether or not you're implementing that with fasting is, is, is really the question. But why don't we look at fasting for like, okay, maybe you will lose a couple extra pounds just from like inflammation or like other shit that isn't working for you? Like, why don't we look at lifestyle change that will make us feel better as like as high priority as like losing weight? You know, it's like the reason there's so many misconceptions about fasting is because people are combining an industry about weight loss with something that's not necessarily about weight loss and they're thinking it's about weight loss and that just like fucks with everything. It doesn't have to be about weight loss, but anyway. That's a topic for another day.